you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. What's up, everybody? DJ Bucky here. Move the Sticks as we look forward to a big NFL weekend as well as uh, probably the marquee matchup of the college football weekend as well. And we've got a, we got a chance to talk with one of our best friends today, Buck. Yeah, exciting podcast. I, I kind of like what we have on tab. We're going to talk about the preview of Week 9 NFL games. We're going to talk to our buddy Bruce Feldman, get his insight on some of the players that will make their way to the league, but better yet, some of the coaches that could make their way to the NFL. And then we'll go through college football, and we will pick Week 10. I need to have a good week. I need to get back. Yeah, to you need to bounce back. You came out so strong this year, Buck. There I was used a up focus, all the gas. Bucky Brooks. You were dialed I in. All, I used up all my gas. I used up all the yeah. gas too soon. So right now I'm, I'm working on 87 octane. I got to get it back. Of, you kind of, kind of Falcon Super Bowl that that uh, those college know, picks, man. Huge lead early. I know. I know. I got to get back. That's get right. You back. get back on track. Plenty of t- plenty of game left. Plenty of ball game left. Uh, let's uh, let's jump in because we got a lot to cover here. I say let's just jump in and uh, and start with our NFL game previews. Kind of what the storyline we're keeping an eye on in each and every NFL game this weekend. Cool. Let's do it. Bears at Bills. This one's pretty simple for me, Bucky, if you're looking at it from a Bears standpoint. Just protect the football. You protect the football, make the Bills drive the length of the field. They're not going to be able to do it with their offense right now. So don't give them a short field. No boo-boos on special teams. Protect the football. Nothing nothing, out, nothing too fancy here for the Chicago Bears in their offensive game plan. If you need to win this game 14-7, to win it 14-7. to But I, I think I'd be a little bit conservative if I was uh, Coach Nagy there. I mean, you're talking about being conservative. You have a ton of weapons. you got a quarterback that is playing at a decent level. You have weapons on the outside. I'm the Buffalo Bills. I don't have any of that available. And I have a quarterback that doesn't have a lot of confidence. The main thing that I would do is I'll pull Nathan Peterman to the side and I'll say, look, just don't lose the game. Like, if we just have to hand the ball off and throw some swing passes until you're comfortable, 
don't lose the game. Give us a chance in the first half to come out after halftime with the game being in range. If they do that, they could have a shot, plus they're playing at home. But it's all about Nathan Peterman. He cannot lose the game in the first quarter. Buccaneers at Panthers. Oh, I talked about the Bears being conservative, not the Buccaneers, not with Fitzmagic back running the show here. Let's be aggressive. <laughs> Let's challenge vertically. Come out guns a-blazing. Uh, hey, you might as well empty the bucket, man. It's it's all on the line. This team has got to get to the postseason. They've got to find their way there. You don't tiptoe around. You'd be very aggressive. I think you'll see a vertical passing game early and often from the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers in this one. Well, I'm sure you'll see a vertical passing game because that's what they do. They push the ball down the field more than any other team in the National Football League. Jameis, Ryan Fitzpatrick, it doesn't matter. Dirk Cutter likes to dial it up. I'm the Carolina Panthers. The best way to neutralize that offense is to keep them on the sideline. Run the ball. Allow Christian McCaffrey and Cam Newton to be factors in the run game. Look for the shots when the shots are there. The Bucks' defense and their pass defense in particular has struggled containing and keeping the ball in front of the defense. Run it, run it, run it, throw it deep. That is the recipe for win. Chiefs at Browns. Oh, for the Chiefs, this is uh, this is what I'm looking for this weekend. Andy Reid is the the king of the screen game. He's got a million different screens he can throw at you. And Greg Williams, he's been given the keys to the car. By the way, congratulations to Greg Williams. He he decided that he was going to accept this head coaching position. Come on, hey DJ, come on. We've he all said had he's been offered what eleven? Eleven. Been, four were letters like, hey, don't even interview. Just hey, no, sign the contract. You're the guy. You're yeah. the guy. I mean, that is the single that is the every, single silliest thing I've ever uh, heard. Everybody likes to have options. So, he has options. So, Buck, so he's just like uh, so eleven. So there's just only you know there's only twenty one jobs I would be interested in. Unfortunately, the eleven other ones I have no interest in whatsoever. I'm, just, <laughs> I'm holding out for one of those twenty one. Oh, what's that? I can be the defensive coordinator of the Cleveland Browns who've won one game. Uh, sure, yes, that's the job I want. I've turned down these eleven head coaching jobs though. This wasn't the right fit. That's all. It just wasn't the right uh, fit. That was just a side note. Uh, so but negative. I'm telling you, Greg Williams getting the keys and being the head coach of this team. He is all – you talk about all gas, no brakes. I mean, he is going to dial everything up, and I guarantee you that Andy Reid will catch them. And I'll say uh, uh-huh. naked. Instead of naked, let's just go naked. He'll he'll catch them naked <laughs> in the back end on a screen in this game, and they will be bust, and there will be a 70-plus yard touchdown on a screen. That's what I'm calling it. I mean, game. the telltale sign when you're watching the defense, are they playing out of their shoes? Meaning, are they leaning on their tiptoes so much because they're coming downhill that you know that you can get them? <laughs> Andy Reid, if, if I know Andy well, you talk about screens, you may see five or six screens in the first quarter because Greg Williams is going to dial up every fancy blitz that he's always wanted to run, but the head coach is vetoed. You're going to see them all, and you'll see them all in the first quarter. Man, look for the Kansas City Chiefs to attack them and take advantage of their aggressiveness by using misdirection and deception to go at them. If I'm the Browns, it's about making Baker Mayfield comfortable. I like the hire of Ryan Lindley. Ryan Lindley will work with running backs in title, but he's going to work with Baker Mayfield. I think he gives them uh, a sounding board for Baker Mayfield. Uh, Look for the Browns to maybe play better, but I don't know if they can get a win against the Chiefs. Jets at Dolphins. Well, look, the, the, the Jets, I mean, gosh, Buck, they just don't have a lot of firepower offensively when you look at them. The one, the one bright spot has been Herndon, the tight end. So maybe you try and keep feeding him. You got Deontay Burnett, uh, the undrafted rookie who had a nice game last week, who knows uh, Sam Donald obviously very well from their time at USC. Maybe try and pepper him the ball, get him going a little bit. But I do think they've got to come out even with what they have 
and they've got to try and kind of loosen it up a little bit. You just They're not going to score enough points unless they play a little bit more aggressive offensively. So there might be some turnovers that come with that with Sam Donald, but to me you've got to open it up a little bit against the Dolphins. Yeah, they have to open it up because I don't know if they can score enough points. With the Dolphins, they have to get back to winning with their paper-cut style on offense. A lot of screens, a lot of trick plays, a lot of gimmicks and gadgets. Uh, nothing that you necessarily can hang your hat on, but this has been their offense. And I think – they have to be able to run the ball. Kenyon Drake, Frank Gore, find a way to run the ball to complement some of the gimmicks and gadget plays that they're going to use. If they do that, I think they can put a 21 spot on the Jets. And if they get 21 on the board, I think it's hard for the Jets to score more than that. Steelers at Ravens. Always a physical affair when these two get together. To me, this comes down to the Steelers' pass rush getting home. We saw the the pressure they were able to generate last week on the Cleveland Browns, getting lots of free run-throughs, even uh, rushing four or five guys with a creative pass rush. I think that's the key to this one. I don't think the Ravens are going to be able to really run the ball all that much. Uh, so to me, it's about not only generating pressure, getting home and finishing. That'll be the key for the Steelers' defense. Yeah, for the Ravens, it's all about Joe Flacco. How Joe Flacco plays, that's how the game kind of goes for their offense and their team in general. But the way that you can help Joe Flacco, man, you have to run the ball. You have to be committed to run the ball. Alex Collins needs to have uh, some effect when it comes to running because the rush attempts will then change the way the Steelers have to play defense. This is all about running the football, being committed, so Joe Flacco can get some opportunities to throw it over the top. Lions at Vikings. I think for the Lions, it's just maintaining that balance offensively. They have been able to run the ball much better this year with Carryon Johnson. You want to be balanced going on the road against the Minnesota Vikings. I'll say creativity in the run game, too. Uh, just, just trying to switch things up, but stay committed to the run game. Do not get in a pass-happy affair against this Vikings defense as they're starting to get some pieces back and get healthy. Uh, I don't think you want to drop back if you're Matthew Stafford and throw it 45 times in this game. No, I definitely don't think you want to get into that. But, you know, it would be interesting to see how the offense runs without Golden Tate. I know Kenny Galladay will get an opportunity to play more. But when I look at the Vikings' defense, I like what they have at corner. I like how they can put their hands on you. Xavier Rose will now have the opportunity to go somewhere to really snuff out their new number one receiver, who I assume will be Marvin Jones. I think it's tough sledding for the Detroit Lions. Offensively for the Vikings, they still can't put so much on Kirk Cousins' shoulders. He has been having to do it without any kind of running game. It comes down to the running game a little bit. Someone has to step up Latavius Murray. Um, he has to be a factor on the ground so they then can get the one-on-one that they want on the outside to Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs. Falcons at Redskins. Fast start. Fast start, Falcons. That's the key here. Get off to a fast start. This Redskins team is winning a lot of football games. They're protecting the football. Their defense has, has found a way to control the line of scrimmage and dominate games. You saw them just absolutely whip up on the Giants up front last week. But if you're the Falcons, if you can get out, get 14 on the board quick, put this Redskins team in chase mode, make them put the ball up in the air and be a little bit out of their comfort zone. I think that's the key in this one. Fast start for Atlanta. Oh, yeah, you the Washington Redskins, we don't want to put the ball in the air. We want to hand it to 26. We want to give it to Adrian Peterson, who is really dusting off the vintage Adrian Peterson that we used to see, and he has <laughs> been that guy. Look, he has almost had uh, four or five 100-yard games, narrowly missed it on two occasions, and he has given them an identity with his physical running style. So if I'm the Redskins, nothing changes. We're going to run the ball. We're going to play defense. 
Those two factors are the key to our success. With Haha Clinton Dix coming over, I think the defense plays even better. I like the skins in this one. Oh, and he's not hot. Texans at Broncos. Well, Demarius Thomas will be looking forward to this game. Quick turnaround, huh? He'll uh, play his former team there in the Denver Broncos. But I actually think the key to this game is which pass rush can get loose. Uh, probably uh, two of the more dynamic defensive fronts in terms of getting after the quarterback in the league. And you talk about pairs with the Texans when J.J. Watt is rolling and Clowney's rolling. And then you look over on the other side with the Broncos with Vaughn Miller and the young kid there and, and Bradley Chubb. Which, which pass rush can, can control this game, can control the line of scrimmage, can get the most pressure, I think will go a long way to deciding it. The, the only difference is in the Texans' favor is once that pass rush heats up, they got a quarterback that can get out of the way. <laughs> they do have a quarterback who can get out of the way for the Broncos. I mean, this, this is a tough one because I think this is a critical game for Vance Joseph. They're playing at home. Uh, we've seen them begin to auction off players. The next thing to go is the coach. They have to step up and have a huge performance. I just don't know defensively if they're good enough. Uh, I know we talk about Von Miller, and we still kind of wax poetic about this defense. They haven't just played well. So I think it comes down to Case Keenum and how well he plays. If he has a couple giveaways, the Houston Texans win this in a runaway. Chargers at Seahawks. Yeah, this is uh, simple from the Chargers' standpoint. I'll be up there uh, calling this game, Buck. They've got to stop the run. Seattle has run the ball. We've talked about it a bunch, the formula for the Seahawks. Run the football, throw it fewer than, than 30 times. That's been their formula, protecting the ball, as Russell Wilson has done. Uh, but you can upset that whole formula if you can stop the run, particularly on first down. Uh, that's going to be huge for this Chargers defense. Guys like Corey Legit, uh, Brandon Meebane, and company need to do a good job against the run. It's funny that you talk about the run game because for the Seahawks, it's all about the run. And the run has been of late led by Chris Carson. I think now you're going to see a little Mike Davis. The big thing for the Seattle Seahawks, the magic number is always 30. When they get to 30 rushing attempts, that means that they're playing the kind of game that they want to play. And even though they have an MVP caliber quarterback in Russell Wilson, we're seeing that less is more for the Seahawks. Less rust passing, more big physical runs. Leads to W's for the Seattle Seahawks. Let's see if they can top that magic number. They get 30-plus rush attempts. That means the Seahawks win because they're controlling the game. Rams at Saints. Well, this is going to be a fun one. I mean, we've got a great slate of games. The next two we're going to talk about being the most intriguing. But uh, to me, the Rams, the key to this one, I think of the line of scrimmage, the Saints offensive line is really good. Uh, we know about how good Aaron Donald and, and Dominican Sue and, the, and company are for that Rams defensive line. I'm going to say the second level of the Rams' defense in this game is going to be huge, the linebackers, because they're going to be tasked with, with chasing these running backs sideline to sideline with, with Kamara and Ingram, and then also you're going to have to show up in coverage a little bit because they can get those backs in, in, uh, in tight ends and, and working in the middle of the field with those slot receivers. They're going to be taxed in a big way in this game. So a lot was made in the offseason about you know the linebacker position for the Rams, as loaded as they are at the front and the back. What's that group look like? Uh, they'll be they'll be tested in this one. They certainly will be tested. Uh, the New Orleans Saints in these games, as much as we talk about Drew Brees, they are a ball control offense. They will run the ball. They will give the ball to 22 and 41. They don't discriminate in terms of who gets what and how they get it. Uh, I think this is one of those kind of games. I think this is a game where rather than try and have a shootout with the Rams, 
you want to grind it, you want to control it, you kind of want to play a slugfest, make them play in the phone booth, I think that bodes well for the Saints because, in my estimation, their offensive line is playing better than any other unit in football because they can control the trenches. It allows them to dictate the terms from the offense to the defense. Packers at Patriots. Well, for the Packers, Buck, this is uh, this is simple. We saw the Patriots use this formula against the Kansas City Chiefs to hand them their only loss of the year. That was red zone defense and maybe get a turnover or two. Red zone offense for the Packers is the key. They're going to move the ball between the 20s against this Patriots defense, I have no doubt. But they have got to finish drives. When you're playing against Tom Brady, threes aren't going to get it. you got to get sevens. So, to me, I would even look at, at four downs. Once you get inside the, the 10, 15-yard line, I don't, I don't want to see any 30-yard field goals in this game <laughs> if, you're, if you're the Green Bay Packers. You have to be aggressive, use all four downs, and finish drives if you're going to win on the road at Foxborough. Not an easy task. No, it's definitely not an easy task. And I think if you're the Patriots, uh, a lot of it depends on who is available in the backfield. We saw last week they played without a legitimate running back. They had to put Cordero Patterson in there, and it affected the timing and the flow and the rhythm of the offense. When this offense has been in its best is when Sony Michelle was able to come in in their 21 personnel, their old-school formations, run the football, throw to James White out of the backfield, then find a hot playmaker on the perimeter. It could be Josh Gordon, Julian Edelman, Rob Gronkowski. Find one of those guys to feed and work their matchup. It's the same for the Patriots each week. Find a way to get it done. Who will step up and be the critical factor? I think it has to be someone in that running back stable. Titans at Cowboys. For the Titans, don't give up big plays. Uh, Having a chance to see this team in person over in London against the Chargers, just – you know, a couple big plays. They had a one-play drive, first uh, first play of the game, uh, Tyrell Williams' home run ball, and then there was a three-play drive with a long touchdown pass to Mike Williams. So make the Dallas Cowboys drive the length of the field and, and don't give up those explosive plays will be big for the Titans if they're going to win on Monday night. Oh, for the Dallas Cowboys, all about showing off the new shiny toy. Amari Cooper has been there for like a week and a half. He has been running through all this stuff. He is ready to go. So you want to make sure that you showcase him in the passing game. You also want to showcase – Hudson House work with the offensive line. Quietly, the offensive line has been the Cowboys' biggest issue. Everyone appointed to Dak, but they haven't been able to control the line of scrimmage like they had in the past. He fixes the offensive line. Zeke can run the ball. Then you'll see a very, very comfortable Dak Prescott throwing to Amari Cooper. I like the way the Cowboys are trending. We'll see if we get that visual evidence on Monday night. Because of the flurry of trades, I feel like that, that kind of got swept under the rug. Not a lot was talked about the Dallas Cowboys making a change uh, the offensive line coach uh, spot there. Very unusual in the middle of the season to see an offensive line coach be jettisoned uh, for a new one. But uh, it'll be interesting you, you to see how they were playing. They couldn't move the ball. They I couldn't know. move the it, ball. It, it just, it's unusual. You don't see that very often. Nope. Uh, all right, G Suite is a suite of cloud-based productivity tools that includes Gmail, Docs, Slides, Sheets, and Drive. These tools improve your work life both in terms of your experience and the outputs you create. Hence their new campaign, Make It with G Suite. You know when you have 20 identical versions of a document labeled final and no clue which is the latest? So you make another version and name that one final final, right? Well, with G Suite by Google Cloud, a range of work apps like Gmail, Docs, and Slides lets you make real-time updates to the same document without having to keep track of version after version of a project. And since all the tools are cloud-based, your whole team can access the same document and work on the same page at the same time. To find out more about G Suite's productivity tools, visit gsuite.com. That's gsuite.com. Make it with G Suite by Google Cloud.
All right, Buck. Uh, excited about this. We teased it at the top of the show, but uh, always, always enjoy it when we get to bring on our good friend. All right, Bucky, time to bring in our good buddy Bruce Feldman from The Athletic and uh, and Fox Sports. You see him on TV each and every week, patrolling the sidelines of some of the top college football games and uh, and really one of the best writers in the business as well on The Athletic. And, and Bruce, I want to start off with, uh, with your latest article, your big project you worked on, uh, which was fascinating, going back to that game between Texas Tech and Oklahoma, Baker Mayfield and Pat Mahomes. We're going to see the Chiefs and the Browns square off this week. Uh, but that will go down as an all-time college game, and you had a front-row seat. I did, yeah. It was actually the first game I was a sideline reporter with uh, the crew I'm with now with Joe Davis and Brady Quinn. And well, I used to get out on the field like two and a half, three hours before kickoff. And from the time I got out there, you could hear this chant brewing, and it was building, and it was loud. And usually, <laughs> you can't usually make out what a chant is exactly right away. This one was clear. It was Leap You Baker, except it wasn't the bleep. <laughs> and they were excited to see Baker Mayfield make his first game back in Lubbock. And um, the crazy thing is, so I spent about a month working on this project for The Athletic and talked to tons of people on, on, on all sides of this game. And the one thing everybody agreed on, talked to a lot of Oklahoma people, talked to Cliff Kingsbury and a lot of guys on his staff who know Baker Mayfield really well, they're like, Ooh, that's probably not a good move. You're playing right into his hands. He's going to eat this up and spit it back in your face. And that's what he did. I mean, it was a ridiculous night of offense, 854 total yards on exactly for both teams. Um, and it was crazy. It was, it was four hours and ten minutes of a roller coaster ride. Now, you know, like everyone kind of knows that about Baker, that his personality is he kind of feeds off of kind of being the villain um, he loves that role. He, he, we saw it when it played out uh, last year in Ohio State. Um, and going forward, what about the other guy? Because we never really hear stories about Pat Mahomes. How is he in an environment like that, that is intensely competitive and they're going back and forth? Is he a guy that looks to the other side and says, hey, I can one-up you, Baker? I think he does it more subtly. Um, the, some of the cool things about this was, you know, we did that game and I knew that that Mahomes was playing with a, a severely sprained shoulder and then bothering him for about a month. So you had that. Never mind, he threw 88 passes in the game. But Cliff Kingsbury told me, and nobody knew this, he broke his wrist in that game. So, you know, he, he almost runs for 100 yards. He, he was playing with a broken wrist. One of his, his go-to receiver that night is a guy named Jonathan Giles who transferred to LSU, and I talked to him last week. And I said, did you know – Patrick actually broke his wrist in that game. He goes, he did? I had no idea. <laughs> they were like, yeah, just tape it up. And I think the whole thing, you know, one thing that was fun about this format, this oral history uh, story was you could kind of go down roads that you probably couldn't if you were telling just a straight story. So I was able to get into the recruiting of Patrick Mahomes and how he was found. I mean, yeah, he was a 10th pick in the draft, but he was only a three-star guy. And Cliff Kingsbury really was the only one uh, who, who was offering him. And so Kingsbury said they had got his, uh, their old O-line coach who recruited East Texas for them at A&M, that, hey, this kid, this is Pat, Pat Mahomes' kid, you know, former baseball player, pitcher in the majors, how hard do I need to recruit this kid? Cliff looked at the tape, liked him, but then Cliff went to Texas Tech and began the head coach. Jake Spavital comes in to follow Cliff and sees him, and he's like, man, we were, this kid's really talented, but he looks more like a developmental guy. But he could be really special. He's fun to watch. Everything's just kind of there's a lot going on here. 
But they had Kyle Allen. They thought they could get number one quarterback recruit in the country. And he said, you know, in retrospect, you make that decision because you see we could get Christian Kirk if we get Kyle Allen. We can, and they just rattled off like 10 names that are probably coming because you get Kyle Allen, the recruiting poll that he had, uh, where they thought Mahomes a little more of a developmental guy. And to see how he is, has blown up from there, um, obviously ridiculous arm talent, really strong. And I think the thing that's, that's probably lost in some of this, at least by a lot of us in college media, was how smart he was, but also how physically tough he was. I mean, he had guys that night, 330-pound guys around the waist, and they were just falling off him. And he would take two steps forward and, and connect on a 20-yard pass across the field and, and convert a third and 12. It happened time and time again that night. Well, it is a it is a great uh, piece of work. I, I encourage everybody to jump on if you have a subscription to the Athletic. Jump on there and read Bruce's article about these two quarterbacks and the history, and we'll get a chance to see him on NFL Field uh, this week. Bruce, I, I wanna I wanna kind of use a good chunk of our time today to talk. I want to talk about some college coaches and, and guys that could potentially go to the NFL and what you you think of these guys having been around them. But before we get to the coaches, real quick. Um, always like to pick your brain and get some names. You've been on the sidelines each and every week this season. Just uh, some of the more impressive kids for us to keep an eye on as we as we keep our eye towards the NFL draft, some of the impressive guys you've seen this fall. Yeah, um, you know, we've been in the Big Ten a decent amount. I like, you know, guys who, who kind of jumped out to me this this year. Chase Young, you got to wait for another year. He's only a sophomore, a defensive lineman at uh, – at Ohio State, he is really long, and he is really uh, he's pretty really dynamic athlete. You know, uh, the coaches there. Greg Shano told me he reminds him a lot of Julius Peppers. I think he's only going to keep growing. I think he's a he's a special player. Uh, you know, we had Wisconsin Northwestern last week. There's a they have a cornerback at, at Northwestern. I don't know if he's going to be a pure cornerback in the NFL, but Montre Hardage is a guy who had, he had, he was committed to Georgia Southern until signing day. And he, he actually, somebody else decommitted, Northwestern, he was the top available guy on the recruiting board. They said, let's offer this kid. The kid signed with Northwestern without ever visiting the school. Wow. He's a physical kid. And you guys know Felton Davis, eighteen, uh, number 18 from Michigan State. He's a good receiver. He's a freaky-looking mm-hmm. athlete. This kid really handled one-on-one Felton Davis. I think, again, I don't want to say he's a first-round pick. You guys can speak on that better than certainly than me, but I think he's a really good player, and he's actually he's somebody I didn't know much of, and, you know, watched him last week. He's I think he's a big-time player. You know, and, and sticking right there, because you have been so close to Ohio State, um, Nick Bosa has already announced and declared that he's coming out for the draft. What exactly could teams be getting when they take on a Nick Bosa? You know, you know when you talk to Larry Johnson has produced more D-linemen for the NFL than any D-line coach working in college football right now. And he just raves about how flexible that kid now. He's not quite as tall as his brother, but he is more polished than his brother is. He came, I think he came into Ohio State more advanced. Um, you know, you're talking about a really, really explosive kid who loves to play the run. Uh, I think this is, a, I think this is going to be a draft class that may have a dozen first-round D linemen. My guess is he would probably be the depending on how his health checks out. I'm guessing he would be the first guy. I think he is about as close to a can't miss physically as you're going to get, just because he's really good pressure in the passer. He's really good against the run, and I think his attention to detail uh, from everything that they've told me there was unlike anything they've had a year ago. 
he was really, really good. And then in the offseason, they said he just really picks up stuff so fast, technique-wise. Uh, they said they haven't really seen anybody like him. The only one Shiano could compare him to, who he said he's been, he, he had Gerald McCoy. He said he's not, he's not the same kind of player, but in terms of impact, dominant presence, he said that's about as good as I've seen. And that's, and that's that kid, and Larry Johnson says similar about him. I know last year going to uh, that my round of bowl games I went to and, and talking to some people at Ohio State, Bruce, they you know asking about all the different quarterbacks as they were getting ready to face Darnold there in the, in the Cotton Bowl and of all the guys they had seen on tape and played against and they just raved about Baker Mayfield and how tough he was to to defend and just went on and on and on and said basically it was like trying to defend a video game. It was impossible. Have you have you had any conversations? I mean, it seems like we don't have that same star-studded group of quarterbacks this year. Uh, but are there, are there any quarterbacks generating some buzz among the coaches that you're talking to around the country? One of them is similar. You mentioned Baker. He's not as thick as Baker, and it's a guy you guys have seen in person uh, who people really are impressed by. And that's Trace McSorley. He is, uh, I would guess, Trace is six feet 200, maybe not even 200, you know, but he is. Um, he plays in an interesting system. They take shots, a lot of shots. He's a really good downfield thrower. He's ultra competitive. Uh, he does. He hasn't played with a great old line. Obviously, he's had Saquon. He's got some big athletic receivers who can go get it. Um, but he is one. When you talk to coaches, they say, you know, I talked to Jimmy Lake, who played him in the bowl game. I talked to uh, talked to the Ohio State guys. They say he's even as good as we in the media have hyped him up. They think he's even better than that. So he's one that that really. Uh, really jumps out I think as a surprise maybe because a lot of people think he's just a good college quarterback and depending on how well I think his six I don't know his success but his maybe draft prospects I think would be tied to Baker a little bit because again he's not as thick as Baker but he's he's about the same height and he's put up a lot of good film and um you know intangibles wise they love him I mean talk to Ricky Ronnie who's been the quarterback coach and been around him and recruited him from there a tough kid. I mean, they could not speak higher about a player than they do about about uh, Trace McSorley. You know, it's funny because we just had you talk about players going to the league. It, it appears that some college coaches may have an opportunity to go to the league. Um, I think, without question, we have to talk about Lincoln Riley in Oklahoma and how you feel Lincoln Riley would make the transition from college to the NFL if he had the opportunity. I think he would do well because he's so smart, his attention to detail and his memory and kind of recall is at a really, really high level. There's a lot that remind me of the guy who's out here with the Rams who's tearing it up. You know, he's sim- he and McVay are similar age. Also, you know, off the charts ability to recall situations and that has, you know, real game, game planning and game uh, application, which works. Uh, I think he understands players really well. You look at how he handled Baker and knew, like, he let Baker have that chip on his shoulder and was able to manage it really, really well. The part that I think a lot of people maybe don't have a great read on is he has the, right now he is working for the best AD in all of college sports in Joe Castiglione at Oklahoma. That is a great situation. He has a young family. I think he knows that they are built to dominate a uh, mm-hmm. dominate the Big 12 or at least be a powerhouse in there for a long time. He's recruiting well. I think he knows I could go to the NFL if I want to down the road. 
Uh, does he really want to reunite with Baker in this situation? If he had the opportunity, I don't know. Would he be tempted if the Cowboys opened up and chased him? I think that would probably have to, he'd have to think about it. But right now, I think he knows I can get this team into the playoff. It's not perfect. I got to figure out my defense coordinator situation and everything else. But, um, you know, he's in a good situation. The one difference between him and McVay is McVay did spend his whole coaching career in the NFL. Yeah. Lincoln's been all, just college all the way, so I think he's he's got a lot lot to figure out after this season. I want to go through a, a list of names with you here, Bruce, and just kind of we can go through it uh, rapid fire, but just okay. to give me two thoughts on it. Number one, do you think he would the, the the name would ever consider it in terms of the NFL? And number two, could it potentially work in the NFL? You ready to roll? Yep, let's go. All right, let's go, Matt Campbell. I'm, I think it would work anywhere. He's he's terrific. I'm not sure that 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 he's re, he's thinking that now though. Okay, so m- probably wouldn't consider it, but you think he he would definitely work there. All right, I want to go to a guy you know extremely well. We've seen the air raid quarterbacks be successful. Why not go get the king of the air raid and go get Mike Leach? A, would he ever consider the NFL? And B, do you think it could work? Yes, I absolutely think he would consider it. Uh, and it would have a better chance working now than it would it would have at any other time. The question for me is how well would he relate to grown men as 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 you know people who he works with? I don't know how Mike would coach thirty old men with opinions and families, and you know Mike's really stubborn, and I, I don't know how that would work. My guess is it, it, I'm not sure it would work to be honest, but um, man, I think he would jump at it. All right, how about uh, how about a couple guys we talk about that have NFL experience? Obviously, Jim Harbaugh has been uh, in the NFL and had success there. Do you think Harbaugh would – is that time coming, do you think? Uh, if, if Michigan were to win, uh, you know, get in the playoffs this year, win the Big Ten, do you think that could be uh, could be a time for Jim Harbaugh to say, I've got this program back where it needs to be and I can, and I can move back to the NFL? No, I think he smells blood in the water now. I think he knows that Ohio State – we're not sure what's going to happen with Urban, and uh, I think he knows that he's got some. Finally, got some momentum there. I think that's only going to going to make him want to want to drive at it further to get closer to a national title. Because I, I think that's the ultimate goal for him. Just just he's won big games at Stanford. He won big bowl games. He hasn't won a national title. He hasn't won a championship. You know, that's to me the biggest thing he's got to get done. And I think that's probably going to drive him to, to stay there. I'll give you one more here, then, Bucky. You can chime in with some other coaches. Uh, the uh, David Shaw, I mean, a guy we know really well, and, and David Shaw's done a great job there at Stanford. They're not having the best of years. I mean, I, I just wonder at some point in time, is, is, does Coach wake up and say, you know what, we've got a program at Stanford that every three or four years we can be a, a top ten program, but I don't know I'm ever going to be able to to bring home a national championship here. And even though he's he's paid well there at Stanford, maybe scratch that itch with the NFL sooner than later. What do you think? I think he stays a little longer. I think he knows when the the one powerhouse in the in the conference that's kind of ordained USC is down. It's a good time to be in the Pac-12, and I think he knows he can always go to the NFL. His kids are still young enough where I don't think the move situation would be best for him. He knows he's got a great situation, and I think that would keep him uh, in Palo Alto a little longer. Bruce, in surveying the college landscape, is there anyone that we're missing that could be on the radar of NFL people, but they're not necessarily household names to the public? I think Jeff Brom needs to be on the radar. That guy's a fantastic offensive mind. He gets players to play hard. Uh, if you ask me who are like the 
six or seven best coaches in college football. I'm sticking Jeff Brom's name on there. He knows professional football player. He, he can motivate players, and he is such an outside-the-box creative thinker. I mean, to what he did last year, to, he beat – he blew out uh, an ultra-talented Ohio State team basically rubbing two sticks together. I mean, he is, he is the real deal, and I'm surprised some NFL teams. Um, NFL, NFL people have pursued a lot worse than him. The other name, and this one na- name is a, is a guy you know, but I could see him getting a lot of traction is James Franklin at Penn State. He spent a little time up at, up at the NFL level. Yep. Uh, he's doing really well. I, I think he's somebody that will, will get a look as well. The other two names that we haven't talked about, uh, Matt Rule, who got an interview last year. At, uh, it sounded mm-hmm. like it went great, too, and getting a chance to, to get to know him a little bit. He's an impressive guy. I know the you know the wins and the losses aren't going to blow you away there, taking over that nightmare at Baylor. Uh, but he's a name you hear pop up every now and then. And the one that me and Bucky were kicking around the other day, just because we selfishly want to see it, I don't think it would ever happen. I don't think he would ever do it. But, man, how fun would it be to see Dana uh, running an NFL offense, Bruce? Yeah, he's he's a rare dude, man. He's brutally honest, and he's you know he is he's more a leech than leech in a lot of ways. But he's he adjusts well. I don't I don't think he would do it. I don't think any I don't see any owner giving Dana the keys because I, just, I think, <laughs> that's kind I of the point. Yeah. But the other guy, you know, like you were saying, BJ. Uh, Every I've never heard one bad thing about Matt Rule. Everybody who meets him, it's like this, you know, it's that expression. Here comes the adult in the room. He's always been like Baylor is very lucky that he decided to go there. I'm surprised he did, but they are lucky because he was the perfect guy for a really imperfect situation. And uh, so I, I'm not surprised he interviewed well. I think he's always going to be on the radar. It's just a matter of you know he's gotten them better from last year, which there was no way to go but up. And I think he'll continue to do that, but. Um, I think at some point he'll be back in the NFL. He was with the Giants for a little bit. I think down the road he'll he'll end up there. I mean that that kind of covered the full gamut. I can't imagine anybody else that we could talk about in the college game ascending up the ranks. Uh, what do you think, DJ? No, I think that's good. I mean, look, we hit Bruce uh, with a, a laundry list of names there, Bruce. We always enjoy getting a chance to to catch up with you and visit. With you again, I encourage everybody to check out Bruce's article there on the Athletic. It is outstanding. Which game? Uh, which game do you got this week, Bruce? I am going to Columbus uh, to go see Nebraska and so Ohio State. See how the Buckeyes put the pieces back. I got a. Uh, I was actually there yesterday uh, and flew home for a day for trick or treating, but got to spend a bunch of time with Dwayne Haskins. Really, really impressive kid. Just uh, can't say enough good things about after spending some time with him and talking to people about him. So excited to watch that game. Nebraska's starting to get it going a little bit. They got Adrian Martinez, good young quarterback. So it should be a fun, fun game. And obviously, there's a lot of great games that day. Did you do you learn anything more on uh, on Urban and his situation? I know the stuff came out with the the cyst and the, and the headaches and, and the health battle that he has. You know, the one thing I would add to that is so there, there was discussion internally about whether he was going to you know make it public and and kind of expand on it then later the week, which he obviously did. And I think what kind of got to him the most was he got asked a bunch of pointed questions at his press conference on Monday, and one in particular where it was like, Kirk Herbstreit said on the air that you look anguished, and I think that made him kind of recoil for a bit and go, wait a minute, it's not just people on message boards; it's somebody who probably knows me pretty well in the media. I got to do something about this perception. And so I don't know. I honestly don't think he knows where he's going from here. He's just figuring I got to fix this because when we lose, we lose bad, and we got embarrassed at, at uh, Purdue. And we've never run the ball so poorly as we're running it in this stretch. I got to fix it. But going forward, 
I think it's anybody's guess, including his, whether what Urban Meyer's doing a year from now. Well, that'll definitely be one of the big storylines uh, every football fan will be paying attention to. Bruce, again, we can't thank you enough for being so generous with your time today. Hope you have a, a fun trip, a, a fun game this weekend. We look forward to catching up down the road. Always a pleasure, guys. And as I learned from my oral history on the OU-Texas Tech game, never have oysters in Amarillo, Texas. <laughs> good advice. Very good advice, Bruce. Thank you, buddy. Thanks, guys. Buck, that's why I love visiting with Bruce, because we can get a chance to, to learn about current NFL players that he's known going back to their days in college. We can find out about future NFL players because he's tooling around the country, talking to coaches and watching these games. And then also the coaching aspect of it. We've already seen one firing in the NFL. I'm sure we'll see several more at the end of the season. And when we look around the NFL trying to find you know quality coaching candidates, and especially guys on the offensive side of the ball, which seems to be the way uh, the league is trending. There's not a lot of names, and so I think we will see a college name or two at least uh, be interviewed and considered for some of these openings uh, eventually at the end of the year. Yeah, I mean, I think we definitely will see some of these college coaches get an opportunity to not only interview, but maybe one or two of these guys may land a job. Uh, when you look up at the National Football League, everyone wants uh, an offensive-minded coach, a guy who is really good at developing quarterbacks. Well, when you look at the college game, you're seeing freshmen jump onto the field and lead their teams to national title contention. So there's something that is going on in the lower ranks that is going to intrigue owners. We'll see which one of these guys will get an opportunity to put their wares on display in the National Football League. All right, are you focused? Are you ready now? Are you ready uh, to go? I'm kind of ready. I'm kind of ready. I think I got a good feel for what we're doing. If you ask me my confidence level, uh, normally in life I carry about an 8, 9, or 10. Yep. Today with the picks, maybe a 6 or a 7. That's okay, though. We're going to bring that up to, to like a 7 plus 8 minus uh, with your picks today. It's time to do our college picks. Uh, look, I think I had, a, I had a good week last week. It put me back in the mix. I'm still, still off the pace a little bit. Uh, but we're, we're training in the right direction. All right, let's get things going here. Game of the week, Alabama 8-0, traveling to LSU 7-1. It's our two-point game of the week, Buck. I hate the fact that one of LSU's best players, Devin White, suspended for the first half of this game. That that uh, that doesn't help matters. That's the difference maker because that right there would have pushed me over the top. I would have been a lone wolf really? in this game. However, I'm going to go with Alabama uh I like LSU down in Death Valley, but I'm going with Bama. I think Bama puts it on them a little bit. Yeah, I was at the last time these guys played in Death Valley. was down there for that game. It was low scoring, and then Alabama just found a way to make a couple more plays. I think Alabama just has more firepower on offense uh, with two great defenses squaring off. So I'll, I'll go Alabama. It looks like Kent's going Bama. Sully's going Bama. So clean sweep there. Uh, next one, uh, Penn State going to take on the fighting Jim Harbaugh's. I could have made a case this could have been a two-pointer, but it doesn't matter because it looks like we're all on the same page. You're going with the Wolverines here, Buck. Yeah, everybody's going with the Wolverines. Uh, Shea Patterson has found his stride. Their defense is growing up. This looks nothing like the team that I saw get whooped by Notre Dame. Michigan is coming. I think they have an opportunity to be in the playoff when it's all said and done. Old school Bucky would have uh, gone with uh, James Franklin on the road right there. Uh, they just don't have enough firepower. Not enough, not enough juice. Not enough juice. I hear you. Next one, Georgia. Kentucky, how about this? Kentucky is number nine in the country. Who'd have thunk it? Uh, every, look, I thought one of us would have the courage to do it, to go ahead and take Kentucky, but not happening. Yeah, this would be a great time for me to go out on a limb and take an underdog. However, I am going to pass. Can't do it. This week is going to be an all-chalk week for Bucky Brooks. 
Yeah, very conservative. I'm with you. We're all going with Georgia on the road at Kentucky. Surely we're going to have some differences here along the way. West Virginia. We talked with Will Greer earlier this week on a previous episode of the pod. If you did not listen to that, please go back and listen to it. It's uh, it's one of the better player interviews I think we've ever done. He was just a good mix, Buck, I thought, of, uh, of thoughtful, uh, serious, uh, it was just I, I like the vibe I got from Will Greer there. How about nice, you? nice kid, nice kid, and he's so nice that I'm actually going to pick his team against the University of Texas. I'm going with West Virginia over Texas, even though Texas should be smarting after a surprising loss to Okie State. Yeah, I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going West Virginia. Sully's going West Virginia. Kent, lone wolf in it on this one. Come on, horns down, horns. Yeah, this has been down. good though. The, that's been good to Kent though. Uh, no question. Down. All right, let's uh, let's move on to the next one. Notre Dame at Northwestern. This will be a fun one here. Who do you like? Mark? I mean, it could be a fun one if you're a Notre Dame fan. I think Notre Dame puts it, <laughs> it puts a physical beatdown on the Northwestern Wildcats. Look, I know they played well against Wisconsin. They showed up. Defense played um, at a nice level. I just think Notre Dame is too big, too physical, uh, too many playmakers on both sides. Give me the Irish. You're, you're going Notre Dame. Uh, Sully's going Notre Dame. Kent's going Notre Dame. Let me just say this. Um, a little brother. Being a little brother, <laughs> you get a little bit of a chip on your shoulder. Everybody's talking about your big brother, and it's all anybody talks about. You go to the mall, guess what? It's in your town, but everybody's wearing your big brother's clothes, big brother's uh, school. It's Notre Dame. Yep. They are the, they are the big boy. No, and Northwestern right down the street just living in the shadows, and all that frustration and anger led by <laughs> Coach Fitzgerald is going to pour out of the Wildcats in this one, and they are going to ruin Notre Dame's season. Give me the lone wolf. I'll take Northwestern in this one, Buck. Oh, man, the emotion goes out the game at halftime, so we'll see if Northwestern <laughs> can sustain it in the second half. I just watched Notre Dame just physically annihilate Navy at the point of attack. I think they do the same to Northwestern. Navy ain't running out of tunnel this week, but Oklahoma, Texas Tech. Uh, everybody's going Oklahoma. We don't, need, we don't really talk about this one, do we? No, no, no. All going. All right. Temple at UCF. Jeez. Uh, we got Sully. Sully and Kent both going Temple at home to end the winning streak. No, no, it's, this is at UCF. Are you kidding me? You guys both have Temple going on the road. Kent, you and Sully? Absolutely. Temple's going to pull the upset. They, they look good. They're better than their record. They're going to knock off Mackenzie Milton and UCF. Man, wow. We roll with Mackenzie Milton. Buck. Yeah, we roll with UCF McKenzie, all day. Mackenzie Milton. I'm going to go with four, 405 touchdowns. Temple uh, tough. We'll, we'll, roll with, we'll roll with UCF on that one. All right, next one, uh, Cal. Five and three at number eight, Washington State. They don't Kent's believe. Going Washington State. Sully's going Washington State. I'm going Washington State. Don't do it. Buck. Come on. I'm going Cal. Do it. Look, come on. Come on, Bucky. They're coming go. off a big win. They can't. They can't sustain it. Come on. Like, how much do you really believe in the Cougars? Do you really believe the Cougars are wow. like the top Cal come Bears? On. How about that one? I'm going to Cal uh, Bears. All right, big one. Uh, I'll be up there in Seattle. Unfortunately, my plane doesn't land in time for me to get to this game. Uh, going up there doing the Chargers Seahawks, but Stanford at Washington, which is normally uh, could be a, a, a winner goes to the playoff or is a favorite to get into the playoff. That ship has sailed for both these teams, both carrying three losses. Uh, I'm going Washington. Who do you like, Buck? Oh, I'm going with the Huskies. Uh, Stanford has been a disappointment. I thought this was going to be a team that could contend in the North. Just haven't looked good. Too many losses. Just don't. Just don't like it. I got Washington. Pac-12, it's a, it's a rough go. We're all going Washington there. Another Pac-12 game, though, Utah playing great football, 6-2 and two against Arizona State, coming off a big win over USC. Uh, I'm going Utah. What do you think, Buck? I'm going with Utah. Too big, too physical. Yeah, I'm, I think we're all going. Yeah, we all, we all are going Utah there. So no lone wolves on that one. 
Well, there you have it. There's our uh, our college picks. You feel good? Uh, I feel great about it. Feel great. Right, we'll Go see. Bears. We'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Bucky going out in a limb. Uh, not, but a lot of chalk from you, though. I thought a lot of uh, a little, very basic, a conservative play. Very, very, yeah. very basic. Very, I mean, very basic. It's like, almost like holding on everything at blackjack. Like anything over thirteen, just hold, hold, no, hold, you're, hold, no, no. You're about. I'll say you're about uh, two, two, maybe three weeks away from pulling the gully. <laughs> and then and then and then it's all it's all lone wolves. Baby. I mean, like, because no one cares. Either you're first or last. There you go. I'm with you. Uh, all right, that's gonna do it for us today. Fun pod, talking some NFL, talking with Bruce Feldman, and having some fun here with these college picks. That's gonna do it for us. Kent, nice job uh, behind the glass there. Cam taking care of his uh, his business as well. Uh, we'll be back next week with more Move the Sticks content coming your way. Be sure to check out our videos, by the way, NFL.com slash MTS video or YouTube.com slash NFL. We've got you covered there as well. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.